All right. Good morning, everyone. Did you all have a good Halloween? We didn't know what day to trick or treat, so it was kind of kind of weird. I didn't dress up this year. This was uh, well, this was last year. That was 2008. I haven't dressed up for two years. We actually had a, a workshop in Oklahoma City that fell on Halloween that weekend. Did you all hear the calendar thing that like this is the the next time we'll have a Friday, five Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays in one month will be in like 800 years. October was a really unique month. So, for the sake of the recording, today is week 10, and it is November the 11th. And um, I'll show you some of the pictures uh, when we flip over to the iPod in just a minute. But today, we are going to do a couple things. We're going to spend about half the time, well, at least 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, reflecting on our video. How many of you had fun uh, with the video scavenger hunt last class? Was that fun? I bet we learned a lot. And so we're going to take some time to reflect, and you have an assignment tonight to write a post that's going to be to share a couple things um, on what you learned and to embed one of your favorite videos. And so what I'm going to have us do here in a minute is I'm going to give you some time with your partner to talk about some of the things you learned, give you a few minutes to do that, and then I'm going to just have you come up and share real quick, play one of the videos that you did, uh, create, and then we'll... Um, have a, an Etherpad document that we'll kind of type on together to put some thoughts down on what we learned, because I'm sure we learned a lot. Uh, before we, I do the video share and the app share for today, I just want to talk a little bit about our schedule and kind of how we are, because we are third of the way done. Basically, this is week 10. We've really got two more projects to do, and we've got some quizzes and an exam, but we're, we're you know, kind of getting to the end, close to the end, so this is all good. Um, please make sure you do submit your attendance for today. And when you uh, click on our assignments page, I've added a couple things to our calendar. I'm going to be attending the World Creativity Forum in Oklahoma City. I'm pretty excited about that here in a couple weeks. So we're going to have online assignments on the 15th and on the 17th. If we look at our schedule, for dates, uh, we, I just had a question about are we going to meet on this Wednesday of Thanksgiving, and um, I will give that a definite to you. I'm thinking it will probably be optional, and we will work on scratch, because what I'm going to start introducing next class is the, the environment scratch, and we're going to start learning how to create in scratch, and it's a good thing to have chances to teach each other and practice, and so probably that Wednesday, the 24th will be an optional class, which will be a scratch project work day. So if you can come, it'll be great because you can get probably a lot done on your project and things answered, um, but I'm thinking it'll probably be an optional one. There's going to be a quiz uh, that I will open up uh, starting Wednesday, which is just going to be another checkpoint quiz for your reflections. And um, I'll show you here in a second. You should have had two, two more reflections written, and then we'll have one today. Um, and it's just going to be a checkup quiz on that. Next Wednesday, we'll have our second exam, and I will have the questions for that exam this Wednesday. So you'll have those a week in advance. And remember that in this class, we just uh, take your two high exam scores, and if you're happy with your first two, then you don't have to mess with the final. And um, I'm not wanting to surprise anybody with any of that, so you'll have those questions uh, next on next class, on Wednesday, on what's, what's going to happen with that. If you scroll down on the assignments page, um, I went ahead and 
put links to what the three reflections that you should have that you should have by by next Wednesday. Uh, we looked on October 13th at a video called the Heroic Journey Project, and then on October 20th, Dean Sharesky's uh, video, the Sharing the Moral Imperative, and then today I'm going to ask you to write a, sh a reflection on the Flip Scavenger Hunt. So this quiz is actually just going to ask you for one of those links um, that I'm going to look at to check and. Those reflections, remember, go into 10% of your grade um, as that's figured up. And we'll take a look at that here in just a second. When I click on Flip Scavenger Hunt, we are going to postpone our prizes until Wednesday. And we'll explain, but we just had some different things that happened with videos that didn't get copied, and then I forgot. I said I was going to copy some, and I didn't. And then when we got the camera back, they were erased. And, you know, when you start your computer over, it erases videos. So... Um, there was at least one one group that um, I'm going to give another chance to go record video. And who were they anyone else absent the day we did the scavenger hunt? Okay. If you all want to, um, when we start the reflection time, if the three of you want, I have another camera. And if you all want to be a team and go out and you know shoot three interviews. Um, and then submit, you can do that too, because we've got another group that's going to that's gonna do that. And what I will do is I'll go ahead and um, I'll just print another copy of this uh, these guidelines. Do you know what? Did anybody, did any group do the, the race one? Or did everyone do a theme? Did anyone do the race? Because there's two choices on the scavenger hunt. You could pick a theme, so you could, um, you know, talk about stress or the or Ranger Baseball, Healthy Eating, or North Texas Pride. But then I also have this race where this is like all these different things that you can try and do for synopsis. Did anybody do that? So if you all want to do that, nobody did that. And there's a prize in that category. So you all could, and you all could too, actually take a look if you all want to, uh, and go head to head with them. It's just up to you what you want to do. But nobody entered that category, and there's actually a prize in that category for sure. So... And since we did have a couple groups of three, I'm going to have, you know, if, you're, if your group um, chooses that prize, I'll, I'll do three prizes for that group or whatever. You won't just have two people to get a gift card or get extra credit. Okay. So here in just a little bit, when we start the reflections, um, I'll give you this camera, and then you guys can grab that. And, um, okay. Were you all pleased with the flip cameras? I was excited. I mean, this is the first time I've had a chance to do that kind of thing. And, I mean, they worked, and we got them uploaded. and So we'll talk more about that. But, um, okay, so on our syllabus, I just want to point out that when you look at our syllabus, and this, you know, the syllabus basically is written in stone. It doesn't change. We kind of move some things around when they're due and stuff. But when you look at our class assignments, you're done with your with your Pechacuches. Hopefully, you're done with GeoMaps. However, I opened up the quiz for another for the rest of the day. It's a, there was a couple people that had trouble submitting. You didn't get yours in. I kept the digital storytelling and the GeoMap submission on on um, Moodle open again. Most of you got that submitted, but um, those should be finished at this point. We're still doing some uh, blog reflections, so that's going to continue. The, the big things that we have left are we have a screencast assignment, which is the last thing I'm going to teach you how to do basically in the class. We're going to talk about Scratch. And then we have this thing called a professional portfolio. 
And that's what we're going to be talking about today um, with Wikispaces, and we're going to get started on that because that is a, a space where you're going to have a chance to link to the different projects that you've done. And I'm going to encourage you, this is totally optional, but I'm going to encourage you to have a portfolio that you're going to build over time that's going to have links to stuff you want to show people because you will be Googled as you apply for jobs. You know, more than likely, most employers are going to do that. And one of the ways to take charge of your digital footprint is to publish stuff, claim it, say, this is mine. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Any questions about just overall uh, assignments or we'll talk more about the the scavenger hunt activity, but anybody have any any questions about assignments or? Well, I have a bunch of scavenger hunt. Okay. There's one of them that's like, it's just somewhere in the free speech area. Well, grab somebody. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I mean, this is, uh, this is, um, let's see what you can get. And, you know, and for that one, why don't you just choose your top? Three, okay, because if you are going to go for that, rather because we everybody else had you know basically an hour or forty-five minutes to, to go, so just uh, try and get three, and then when we vote, we'll we'll do the top three. I'm going to put a link on our blog and, and message everybody uh, this later today um, if you would like to to view these and vote. It's not just going to be based on numbers of votes that people get, um, but anyway, that will be available and we'll we'll do prizes on Wednesday. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a modification. You, if you're going to go out, if you're one of the groups that's going to go out here in a minute, um, you don't have to get, like, as many as you can. Try to get, like, three, and then we'll, we'll vote for the top ones. Okay. So, for today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about wikis, and we're going to talk a little bit about creating professional portfolios. So we're going to start off with this video, which is called Wikis in Plain English. I showed you one of Leela Fever's videos on Wednesday before Halloween that was just kind of a fun one that was called Zombies in Plain English. But this is, a, I think, a very clever way of trying to explain things using this method of paper and, you know, audio narration. So uh, we will uh, leave this on the English subtitles, and let's take a look. These were friends who went on a camping trip. Need to bring the right supplies and build a backpack. Who needs to plan and plan well? So coordination is key. They're all computer users, so they start planning with an email. It starts with one, but then becomes a barrage. Email is not good at coordinating and organizing the group's input. This is the old way. Thank you. 
becomes a document ready for editing. Editing the page means you can add or remove words or change how they look, just like writing a letter. Once you finish editing, you click Save and the document becomes a web page once again and is ready for the next person to edit it. Easy. Edit, write, and save. Using this process, a group can coordinate more easily. Let's apply this to our camping friends who need to bring the right supplies. Mary signs up for a wiki site and then sees the new site for the first time. She clicks the edit button to get started. She creates two lists for camping, what we have and what we need. Under we have, she lists the things she will bring, a cooler, stove, and flashlight. Under we need, she lists items that others need to bring, compass, lighter, water, and food. She finishes the process by clicking save. And the website now has lists for the camping trip. Now it's John's turn. John visits the wiki website, clicks edit, and the page becomes a document ready for him to make changes. John volunteers to bring food and water, so he moves those to the half column. He also realizes the group will need to mine the road. Once he's finished, he clicks save, and the wiki is ready for the next person. And he visits the wiki, clicks edit, and he can edit the page. He remembers that he had sent. Henry saves the page, and the wiki is ready for Frank. Frank edits the page, and agrees to read the remaining items to complete the process. Frank saves the page and realizes something awesome. The group has created the perfect camping list without email. Yay! But wait, one thing is missing. They need a location for the campsite. The wiki can help with this too, but another page is needed. John visits the wiki and clicks edit to edit the page. He types in the word locations and highlights it. He then clicks the link button. This changes the word locations into a link to a new page. John clicks save and next, Frank visits the wiki and sees the list and the link to the new page. He clicks on the locations link and arrives at the new page. This new page enables the group to use the same edit write save process to coordinate locations. This process can be repeated over and over. These three buttons, edit, save, and link, Make it possible to organize a great camping trip or create the world's biggest encyclopedia. You can sign up for your own wiki at these websites, PBWiki, WebPaint, or Wikispace. I'm Leo Fever, and this has been Wikis in Plain English on the Common Rack Show. Yay! So, he's got a lot of videos. In fact, he sells his videos now that uh, people can get to use for different things if they're going to put them on their own websites or use them in professional training. And uh, I think it's a very clever way. I've seen some students use that same model of, of explaining things. So today, after we do our uh, sharing and talking about our learning on the scavenger hunt, I'm going to uh, show you a couple examples. And we're going to go to Wikispaces and uh, create a, uh, a website. And one of the things you might want to start thinking about is, what would I like to title that? Okay, because Wikispaces has the wikispaces.com, but you get to choose what comes before that. So this does not have to have your name on it. This can today just be a plain sandbox. It can just be, you know, practice. But if you want to, like I use my W Fryer as my username. Sometimes I use West Fryer. Uh, you, you could register that. And um, I wouldn't do that right away. We're going to actually go to um, a special page. If you can Google it, but Wikispaces for Educators. Wikispaces go, gives free wikis to teachers, and because all of us are, you know, going to be K-12 teachers, or we are working in K-12 now, um, this is a good place to go. And so I'll walk you through that. But 
just one of those people who's jumping ahead, um, it's kind of nice to sign up on the wiki spaces for educators page because you can have these uh, other features that normally cost money and they take all the ads off for free and you don't have to pay. Normally it's like $50 a year. So, wikis in plain English, good stuff. I think that's a great video and we're going to be talking about making our professional wiki and introducing that today. So before we do our scavenger hunt debrief, I want to uh, do an app, and I'm going to do EpiCentral. And I'm going to link uh, to two pages, one that is um, on iTunes, and then the other one is on Appalicious. How many of you have ever been in an earthquake? Has anybody? When I lived in Mexico City for a year, from 92 to 93, Mexico City is on a, a lake bed, and um, there's fault lines there. There's big volcanoes south of the city, over 17,000 feet high. And there was one time when I was on, in my apartment, which was on the fifth floor, and I you know, saw the chandelier shaking, and we like, okay, it's an earthquake. It wasn't, you know, a massive one that caused damage. But um, we were actually at the Smithsonian. I don't know if I can pull up. I should have got this picture a little bit earlier. I was at the Smithsonian... Uh, Museum of Natural History with my kids, and um, I'm probably not going to be able to pull it up. One of the things that we found at the museum was oh, that's a video. What's the whole done? Um, one of the things that we actually found was a area talking about earthquakes and it had a live readout with flashing lights and stuff showing where the earthquakes had been in the last 24 hours. And I thought it was so cool because here is this free application called EpiCentral which allows you to do that. So that's what I'm going to demonstrate. The other um, site that I linked to is called Appalicious and this is a site where people have ratings and you can share the apps that you have. And so it tells you information about this application. And then over here on list, um, my picture is here because I have included this on a list of my favorite news and RSS update apps. So NASA has a great application, um, iGovernment, but EpiCentral, um, live USGS earthquake data. What else did I say about it? That connects to the corresponding Google News articles. So let me show you what this looks like. One of the videos that you're going to be watching uh, later this semester is going to talk about the real world. Okay, so here, let's, we'll, we'll digress. That was Halloween. There's Sarah, my nine-year-old, and Alexander, my almost 13-year-old, with, yes, his Dyson vacuum cleaner gun simulating MIB. So my wife showed these on Facebook. Meanwhile, I was down in Kansas... And this was Rachel, who you've seen before, who, what did she say she was? Just, like, dressed up like a, in a goth outfit. So, anyway. And she was having a lot of trouble not smiling. Her, she, she wanted to laugh. All right. So, when you're on an iTouch or, or an iPad or whatever, you can scroll to find the app that you want. But you can also go to the left, and this is called Spotlight. And you can just start to type the app that you want. And there's EpiCentral, which I'm going to launch here, and it's going to uh, open up. 
The first thing the app does is it says, should we update from the latest feed from USGS? And anybody know what that stands for? It, it is United States. I think it is like geodetic survey or something. It has to do with the geography. Um, you can Google for that and see what USGS. Uh, I don't think it's geographic service. It's like geodetic or something. Anybody find it? Google for it and see if you can find it. Um, so there's a database of the most recent earthquakes that have happened worldwide, and it is going to download those to the application. If I was on an iPod Touch or an iPad that didn't have um, 3G connectivity, I'm going to have to be on the Wi-Fi. I'm on my iPhone, so it's just connecting to the 3G. And um, what does this M greater than or less than 2 mean? You may have a guess. Go to Wikipedia right now and put in earthquake. Let's see what we can find out about earthquakes. And when you think you know what, oh man, all right, I'm not going to be able to do that on this one. When you think you have an idea of what M is, um, say it out loud. Okay, right, which is what? Yeah, it's the magnitude. It's the intensity of the earthquake. And what it, does it say what it, the scale goes up to? Or do you know? Yeah, I think it'll go all the way up to 10. I think, like, I don't know what that would be. I don't know if there's ever been a 10. But you remember what Haiti was? It was about 7.1 maybe or something. So I can push my finger on the M and see now it's going to show that was magnitude 2 and above. Here's magnitude 4 and above. Here's magnitude 5 and above. And there's magnitude 6 and above. So in the last um, week, there have been three earthquakes in the world that have been over a magnitude 6. That's um, the highest that it goes. So it doesn't um, filter above that. If we had 7 and 8 events or higher, they would, they would show up here. But um, that's just a, a simple way of showing filtering. So there have been 307 events in, I guess, basically the last week. And these events we can do a couple things with. Number one, I can click up here at the top, like that real big one there. I just clicked on it with my finger, and it uh, isolated where that was. So that was on the Pacific Antarctic Ridge. And if I click on it, it gives me the data. And so what is... Um, what does this mean below, where it says Pacific Antarctic Ridge? What's this first thing? What does UTC mean? Mm -hmm, but what is UTC? Does anybody know? Put, you, got, you guys have Google, so put, it, put in UTC. What is UTC? What's that? Um, it... UTC is going to, I think it's going to be the same thing for, um, as GMT, which is going to be the universal, coordinated universal time. So here's the Wikipedia article. Coordinated Universal Time, UTC, 
um, is the standard by which the world regulates clocks and times. Computer servers, online servers. It's one of the reasons why for uh, clocks it's a really good thing to just look at your cell phone, right? Because the cell phone network is synchronized to whatever the official time is in that location. And so it's also converting it for me into CDT, which is Central Daylight Time, which is my time. Does anybody know where um, the line is for uh, for UTC, where, uh, where Greenwich is? Have you ever heard of Greenwich? Yeah, right. It's near England. Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, so that is um, where sort of zero is for, for UTC. When you fly as a pilot, in, um, that's, you use that time to talk about when you take off and you land um, because you've got to remain consistent as you cross time zones. Interestingly, did you know China only has one time zone? It's a big country, but they just have one time zone. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether you live in the West or you live in the East, it's all the same. Okay, lots of science we could do with this, longitude and latitude. We talk about finding places with longitude and latitude and locating, locating them. Um, and so, anyway, this information is here, and then I've also got some links down here that I can click on. For instance, I could go to Google Maps and have that open up on the map on this laptop, or I mean on this uh, device, this iPhone. I clicked Google News, and so it is going to do a query of the Google News site, and it is going to search for information about that particular earthquake. And there it is, strong earthquake hits the Pacific Antarctic Ridge, and that was on ha pardon me, Halloween, October uh, 31st, 2010. And so this is on a website called irwincrisis.net, and um, I'll be able to take a look at this and read some more information about it. So I think, you're, as I said, you're going you're gonna to watch a video here in a couple weeks that's going to talk about project-based learning and how it's really important to bring in different things from the real world into questions that students are, are going to explore and projects that they're going to do. Um, this is a pretty amazing application, I think, because, you know, like I said, at the Smithsonian Institution, they have this whole, like, display and everything that was showing um, how to get live earthquake data, and I said, hey, I can do that. I can do that on my iPhone. So this is a, this is a free application, and it is going to be amazing to see what happens with apps just in the next couple years as you are finishing up school and applying for your first job. Um, I could be totally wrong, but I fully expect the power of the tablets and the power of uh, applications like this is it's just it's going to be so exciting to see and there's just a lot that we're going to be able to do information that's live that we wouldn't have been able to get otherwise um, when we just had a textbook we're going to be able to do that kind of thing on on applications so um, I don't know if Epicentral Central is available for the Android or not but when you are on that's the nice thing about the Appalachia site is that the Appalachia site has apps both for Android as well as for iPhone and for um, iPad. And so, um, and Android is, you know, the operating system that Google has developed, which is free for anybody to use and to put on a lot of different platforms. So, you know, even this Christmas, we're going to see a lot of tablets and phones. Does anybody have an Android phone here? Anybody have a smart on Android? I don't. But you're going to see a lot more of that. All right. So... That's our app share, and that's our video for today. Um, what we're going to do now is 
I'm going to start a timer on our uh, class 10 date for today. Um, I have a link. Maybe I didn't put it on there. I have a link that goes to our scavenger hunt. And... I guess I didn't put it on here. I learned something. We're using iEtherPad as a brainstorming environment. Rather than just create a public pad and have a random set of numbers here, I learned that you can put in your own phrase. So I put video hunt after iEtherPad, and it created that page um, for us to use. So I'll go ahead and link this to our page here, so you can link to it, or if you want to, you can link to it directly. The link is iEtherPad.com slash video hunt. You want to just type it in. But now if you refresh our page for our scavenger hunt, um, it's going to be there. So I'm going to give you about four minutes, and what I want you to do, if you are not in one of our groups that's going to go out and, and uh, scavenger hunt now, um, we're going to put some of our lessons learned here into this document, and then I'm going to have you come up and just kind of take turns, share one of the videos that you did that's on our channel, um, but I'm going to give you about four minutes. So if you're in those groups that want to do videos, if you all can come back in about 30 minutes, um, at about top of the hour, that'll probably be good. We'll take about 30 minutes to do this. And I'm going to use that same website I've used before, which is onlinestopwatch.com. And um, I'm going to give you about four minutes to talk with your partner who you work with on your scavenger hunt and talk about some of your lessons learned, and then we'll start sharing. All right, good luck. So what we're going to do is basically just kind of take turns in and, and whatever order we want to do. I'd like each group to come up and, and share at least one thing. Um, you can play one of the videos. I've got our channel that's up here. And... As you all are talking, let's go ahead as we've already started and just kind of build out this page a little bit with some different things that we've learned. I will start and say I've learned that it's important to leave enough time to copy videos over and upload them. And it, it probably would have been better for me to loan the, the group that, that came in the last minute didn't have enough time, just let them keep their camera because what, what, what they tried to do was copy them over, and they, had, they took like 12 videos. I mean, they did a lot. And so there was a bunch of space, and it was taking too long, and they thought they copied it, and they canceled it, but it didn't work. And anyway, and then I said I was going to upload those, and then I forgot. So anyway, uh, that time factor, probably it might have been good to, uh, you know, encourage everybody to come back with at least 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something like that. I mean, some of you came back real quick and had a lot of time. But anyway, that was just, obviously, if they were doing the race, they would have wanted to use their whole time. So anyway, whenever you use these cameras and do something like this, you know, you're going to be balancing how much time you've got with the tasks that you, you, know, you want people to accomplish, et cetera. So that was one of the things that I learned. So one of the groups want to come up and go come first. All right, come on up. Okay, so we did ours over stress, um, like what was causing people stress. I guess we'll show the video. We interviewed five people and three. We picked our best. 
my mom could use it, and she doesn't know how to turn on a computer. So, I mean, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do this. Were both of you equally comfortable in the interview process, or did one of you just take the lead? It always helped us, too. We had three people, so it was a lot easier than probably just having two. And we definitely, we tried to pick out people who didn't look like they were in our age. That was good. But we don't want to... Go for people in advance. Yeah, we didn't want to bug people. Right. So, it was bad, though. We like doing it. Did you all email or use the pixel pipe to up? Pixel. Yeah, because one of them was too big. Yeah. Okay. And they went both ways? because they were in a group and they they weren't so nervous they flowed really well on camera and they worked well together yeah, yeah they were more easy to approach in a group setting than alone yeah they were stuck at their table so we were just this is stress though them, we didn't have it filming, and we tell them, these are what we're going to ask, 
and let them think for a minute, and then we push play or record. Now this list here is like, it's super easy, it's pretty straightforward, it has a big red button which is record and then it has a little place, like, and then you just flip the USB thing, like you pretty much only have like four things you can do, you can't really mess up that, that much. Yeah, I think Healthy eating habits and nutrition. Here's one of the videos.
So this was the secret email address. So if you want to, if, if it's less than 25 megs, you can send it to that address, and it will put it onto our YouTube channel. And then the other option, it, and this one actually works for any file, whether it's less than 25 or greater, whatever, is if you copy down that user ID and that password, that will work. How many of you, by show of hands, use email to upload? Okay. Did anybody have uh, an issue with, with the site not working or with a problem with it? How many of you had uploaded to YouTube before this activity? You've, up, you've uploaded a video. Had it really just one? Two? Okay. One of the things I think is good about using PixelPipe is you probably don't want to ever give students the direct login credentials to your website. Okay? So we're setting up a YouTube channel. It's going to be for our class. If you give them the login credentials for the site, they could delete videos, they could edit things, they could do all kinds of things. And, you know, depending upon the situation, that maybe it's all good. But I just, I think that's a general good idea to not hand over the login credentials to the main site. It's a general um, sort of idea of network security and, and safety in general on websites or security that you only want to give people the permission that they need to have. So, like, you don't make everybody the administrator of the blog. You know, you give everybody their own their own site. So, PixelPipe is a website that I learned about summer before last. <coughs> and, um, we actually used uh, at at the time, and they I guess they have an, an app again, but um, there is. It was a way that you could upload a bunch of uh, images from the same time. So before we went on our vacation, um, we actually had a Hamer reunion in Hawaii. So we were going to be taking a lot of pictures in Hawaii. And it was pretty cool to be able to be, you know, on location at places and not have to do one picture at a time. And so PixelPipe was an app that let us upload, um, you know, a hundred pictures, however, however many that we wanted to do at a time. So that was that was very cool. But in this context, it was neat to be able to. Um, have a separate website that we could give people permission to access and it didn't give everybody access to our our main page. So. Alright, another group wanna go? Anybody? Would you want to know where to upload it yet? Sure. But did anybody, has anybody else not gone to uh, So, like, people kind of didn't say no. It was really funny. She, like, scared them, kind of. But, um, she and I did, we picked three out of our five, and we did a true fan, a bandwagon fan, and somebody who's, like, not really a fan. 
We'll do this guy here. going so we actually caught some girls on the stairs and we were going down the stairs um I'll share with you guys let me see this one my name is Jeff Ferguson I've been a Rangers fan since I was five I love the Rangers I've been following them since they were bad so they were good in the late 90s yeah. they're bad again they're good again now <laughs> it's just been a long time thing my parents are fans that's why I'm fans are they going to win the world? They're going to win. Five games. Five games? <laughs> Sorry about that, boys. <laughs> he just, I didn't have to ask him any questions. He just said everything. So he was really funny. Um, On your video, that was a good example of, you know, of having your lighting. And, and it, it actually still turned out pretty good with that back lighting. Yeah. But sometimes if you've got bright light in the background, you know, the foreground can be dark. So I was yeah. pretty impressed with the quality of the flip. Yeah. yeah. You know, how it, it seemed to adjust pretty well. Um, it makes you aware, too, of your laughing and your questions and stuff like that. Didn't even let me finish my question. Uh, one of the things I found doing interviews is you want to try and give a longer pause so, because sometimes when you edit, if they start talking and, and step on you or whatever, so sometimes I'll give them a thumbs up or whatever. Because you, you, you didn't edit any of these. Although I think you didn't. Yeah, I was like, that's what that is. Yeah, I think you didn't have that problem with one. She started talking before I finished with the very first part of the sentence for the end of my word. Right, right. Any other lessons learned that you guys
anything you do differently if you all were going to do this again? Uh, I don't know. I guess. Maybe like because of lighting. I don't know. It, it was fine. It was just fun. Not very technical. No. Okay. Yeah, on there is a. I said just getting it on there is like a, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. When we edited ours, we, I used the free software that comes with Windows, the Windows Live Movie Maker. You can set a start point and end point to your clips and then put them all together. So it's not very hard. It's really easy. So we'll show you the one. We asked about the Rangers. Um, we have three questions, and I took those each question for each video. And this one, I think, is the best one. Who do you think is going to win the World Series? The Rangers? The Rangers? And who do you think is going to win the World Series? The Rangers? Uh, the Rangers. We just filmed a bunch of people, and then I went in there and found the, the start point for the answer to the question, and then found the end point. And when you have the clip in that software, you can there's an on the edit tab. You can just set select the start point, and when you get to that point, and then you find the end point, select the end point, and you keep going back until you get to the right spot, and then. You have all three, all your clips, and then you can move them around, and then when you save it, it saves them in one video. Mm -hmm. So it just strings them all together for you. You don't really have to do anything. Okay. And it's free software. So. And you, that was the Windows Movie Maker Live, right? Yeah, Windows Live Movie, Movie Maker. Yeah. yeah. And the Windows Movie Maker's been around for a while, but the Windows, Windows Live Movie Maker. With, with or whatever. Right. So. It's really easy. Did you edit it here in the lab or on your own? No, at home. At home. How long did it take you to edit this? Probably 10 minutes once I figured out how to use it. So it's not, it doesn't take long and it's not hard. If it's short clips, it's not hard. Okay. So it's easy to find where you want to start and end it if it's your short clips. Longer clips might take a little bit longer because it's hard to find where you want to start and end it, but short clips is easy. Any other technical lessons learned? It was, just, it was really easy to use, like, because, like, my mom is, like, so technologically retarded. <laughs> like, I tried to teach her yesterday while we were at the car the little carnival for Halloween where she took my baby. I tried to teach her how to use my digital camera. Like, she could have used that camera. Like, that was easy. Yeah, I have one of those cameras, so it's, I already knew how to use it. Good. Yeah, and I learned along the way. Good. All right. Good. Can you do that? I movie? I movie? Yes. I movie will let you use the movie.
Because that's a good thing to know how to do. And it's so nice that it, it is a lot easier than it has been before. Okay. Anybody else? The, the groups that went today don't necessarily have to go. Although, Kendall, you guys need to be what, what did you all learn? Was there some lessons well, learned? Okay. On, on Pixel 5? Yeah. Okay. No, it's okay. What would you all say some of your lessons learned were from the project activity? You know, I've found it, it, it's, that, that's so important to ask right up front if that's what you're going to do with it, you know, is to share it on YouTube. Um, I really am a big fan of audio, like we're recording our, our classes just with audio. People are less scared of audio, you know. When you get that camera and you stick it in their face, I went with Dr. Knezic last Tuesday to a middle school here. Uh, it's actually in Irving, and I'm going to do some interviews, and... You know, I wanted to meet the teacher and have a chance to at least get to know her a little bit before showing up and, hey, here's my camera, you know, can I interview you and take your picture? And um, what we're doing here for the scavenger hunt is obviously it's kind of fun and it's, you know, what, whatever we get is going to be fine. But when you're going to really interview somebody, I recommend that um, you consider using audio because it's less scary for them. And what you want is them not to think about, oh, I'm being recorded. You know, you want them to just talk to you and tell you what, what you're asking them about. When you have a camera in front of them, it's almost impossible for that to happen. They will look at that camera and they will think about their hair and maybe their makeup and, you know, all these other things that they don't have to worry about when it's with audio. Okay, well, let's take a look at what we brainstormed together. Um, anything else anybody would, would add? Was that a common thing that the guys in general seem to be better with... The camera, then girls, they were less. So that helped you select your uh, your target audience. Then. So that's probably something to think about as far as your topics, too. You know, sometimes out in front of the union, they've got all these tables set up and people have their different issues or whatever. Those people probably want to talk about their issues. You know, that would be a good assignment to say, interview somebody passionate about, you know, a campus organization or a campus issue. And similarly, being able to identify people with Ranger shirts was a good sign that you were going to get somebody who was interested in that topic. Uh, anybody have anything, like, pretty negative happen to them or anything besides our group we have video uploading and snafu? But anything, anything else happen that was just not good? Or What do you think, like, the worst thing would be that could happen with a project like this if you were doing this with students? Okay, damaged equipment. <laughs> okay, that you drop it in the water, you know, the camera gets broke. What else could be a bad? Okay, if we... Yeah, you, you don't hit record, right? And this, the light lights up on the camera, doesn't it? So that's a good thing. You know, this one does it too. It has a bright red light. And, you know, those are, those are good things. But making sure that you've got it on. Yes. You all did a pretty good job of keeping that still 
But when you're hand-holding that, one of the things the flips have underneath them is a tripod mount for a regular tripod. It depends which one you got. These, it came with one? Uh, these didn't. They, they just had the box. But um, have you ever seen a monopod, which is a single-leg tripod? Sometimes you'll see those like at sports games, the, the photographers that are on the side of the sideline um, because they're more mobile. And um, one of the, the best ways to improve quality when you're shooting with video is definitely to use a tripod. So, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to do this for your classroom and you're going to have kids doing it, it's not a bad idea to think about a tripod or even a monopod because you are doing a pretty good job, but you get little hands and little kids and moving around. It can... Not, it can be very distracting to have movement in the video when it's not intended. Anybody have more audio background noise than they had expected? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the bell was chiming. It was loud. Like, get real quiet right now. <coughs> what are the sounds you hear right now for quiet? Yeah. Air from the fan, some typing. We tend, to, we tend to filter stuff out. And, and one of the ways I think that sometimes people are autistic is they're unable to filter stuff. And so the camera's autistic. <laughs> the camera cannot filter. So if there is background noise going on, you might want to think about moving locations or, or picking a location um, that will not be as loud. My wife really laughs at me justifiably because sometimes when I've recorded audio podcasts, I've gone into our closet. So I'm going into the closet. Why would I go into the closet to record? There's all these clothes around which absorb sound, right? So just like a professional sound booth is going to have that foam and stuff to absorb, when you're in a, certain, in a place with hard surfaces, like if you interview somebody at the kitchen table or whatever, this is reflective. It reflects audio. What you want is for the sound to all get absorbed, and then it just comes right in from your mouth to the recorder. So... Question? When I upload the videos, I send them from like my email account to that picture. Yes. Right. It, well, I could only upload one video. Since it has to be less than 25 megabytes, and you have to do them one at a time. Okay, so I'll have to send. Yeah, yeah. Send it again uh, separately, and of course, this also means your students would have to have email accounts, right? If you're teaching elementary kids, they may or may not have an email account, so. As you manage this, it may be the kind of thing where you upload them. I mean, in this case, we said, here, you don't upload them. But, you know, you probably don't, I don't know if you'll have, you know, 14 cameras or not. But, you know, this might be the part that you end up doing. Or you might have a team of students responsible to do that part. Any other thoughts, uh, lessons learned, things you do different? Ideas about how we should set this up different? Did you like having choices in what to do? Is that good? That's usually always a good thing for projects, just to let students have choice. If you only give one answer, that's the one way. You know, it's, it's, there's some people it's not going to appeal to. Okay. Well, for your homework tonight, I'd like you to write a reflection on your blog. I'd like you to embed at least one video um, from our channel. And when you look at our assignments, or you can click to it from the schedule, for today um, on, our, on our scavenger hunt where we have the guidelines and all that stuff, 
Um, we've got the link to what we brainstormed, so if you want to see what else people type in, and then here it says the three things that you need to have in your post. At least two paragraphs, three sentences each on your lessons learned. Uh, link and embed a video. So, so make sure you notice that. You need the link to it and you need to embed it, and then write a paragraph about uh, why that was one of your favorite videos. I don't know, maybe you don't need three sentences. I'll change that. That's a little bit. I'll just say explain why why that was one of your favorite videos. Okay. Um, last thing we're going to talk about today. I'd like to visit with you about professional portfolios. Um, on our previous assignments when we've reflected on some things, we have looked at some different examples of um, some teachers that already are doing this. I'm going to go back to week three, our fourth class together. Is that right? No. Fifth class, 3A. When we looked at Rachel Boyd's peak for a week, her, her uh, presentation here has got um, some links to her sites and she has got, under additional information, both what she calls the Rachel Boyd Wiki, and then she has the Room 9 Nelson Central Wiki. And so what I want to just talk with you about for our last 10 minutes and, and actually get you to do is to create a wiki and start thinking about your professional digital footprint. Right now, as an, as, as an example, go to Google and Google yourself, okay? Yeah. Um, how many of you, by a show of hands, are not getting anything on a Google search for yourself at this point. It depends on what your name is, right? If I put in my nine-year-old's name, okay, there are other Sarah Fryers in the world, and she is not on Facebook. She's nine, and so I don't know. I think this, that Sarah Fryer is actually um, in England. It's going to depend on how unique your name is, but I think that if you, let's, 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 what if I do Sarah Fryer, Oklahoma? <clears throat> Look at that. Um, so there is a few things if we put some other conditions on the name, you know, besides just hers. So like then there's the link to this the video that she's done. What age do you think kids should start posting online with their own name. That's tricky, isn't it? There's not a definite answer. Again, when, how old do they have to be to officially have a Facebook, a YouTube? What's that age? you remember? 13. We have a, a, a children's internet, well, no, it's actually the Family Protection Act, FERPA. I forget what it stands for. The Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act okay, in the United States, FERPA. FERPA says that you're supposed to ask for the age of students. Now, what does that practically mean for kids who want Facebook accounts? And they're not 13? They lie, okay, because there's not a... a way right now to do a retinal scan or a whatever, some kind of biometric verification. Yes, you actually are, you know, that age. 
So people put whatever they want. Does it, what, what do you all think? What, what age do you think is good to wait till?
that looks like Rachel's. In fact, I believe in creativity and it's really important, and that means everybody shouldn't look the same, right? So don't feel like I've got to fit exactly in this box. But I want you to create at least a website on a wiki, the, uh, I mean, besides wiki spaces, if you wanted to, you could make one on Google Sites, or you could make one on um, PD Works, which is another one. But I would encourage you to go ahead and use wiki spaces. And what you're going to need to do, pardon me, is um, you're going to um, join wiki spaces, and you're going to put in um, the username and password that you'd like to use, and what kind of permissions that you want to set up for. Um, a private wiki means only the people that you give the password to are able to access it. You're probably going to want this one to be set up um, at least for our class so that I'll be able to see it and your classmates will as a public wiki. What do you think most teachers tend to do when they set up a site? Make it private or make it public? Do you have a guess? Absolutely. We have this fear of publishing and sharing stuff uh, publicly on the web. And it's, it's more conservative to say, well, if I hide it and I keep it, you know, locked, and then, then it will be safer. Well, when you publish stuff on, on the web, you definitely want to be thinking about safety. And I wouldn't recommend you put, you know, your street address and directions to your house and, you know, all those kind of things. Um, have any of you, on that note, you know, tried to find your, your parents' address or somebody else's address and seen how that works? I mean, if you put in my name and you put in my town, um, you know, there you go. There, There's my address and you click map. Uh, there it is. Now, did I do anything to get that? Yeah, I rent a house and I'm in the phone book, right? This wasn't because of a website that I published online. <clears throat> and so the privacy stuff here is important that, you know, some of this, even if we're not publishing things, there's going to be information that's public record because the phone book is now on the Internet, et cetera. Um, what I would like for you to um, do and start thinking about is what you would like to call your site. You can see Rachel called hers, rachelboy.wikispaces.com. For this class, you do not have to use your name. If you want to, does anybody have like a an alias or like, you know, instant messaging name or something that they use on a lot of accounts? My sister uses Taz. What do you use? Okay. I mean, if you, if you want to use a name like that, you can. It's going to have to be something unique. Right, so it's not going to be able to be something that somebody else on Wikispaces has used. But um, I would like for you to go ahead and um, set up a Wikispace site, and um, I'm going to give you some more guidelines later in the semester about some things that I would like for you to have on this. We're going to link to our Google Map, and we'll link to our VoiceThread, and we'll link to the other things that we're creating in this class, and I'll give you some other opportunities to... Uh, learn about Wiki and just think about it, but um, does anybody know a, a teacher who has a Wiki site that they use either professionally or for their class? Does anybody? I would say it is not common today to find this. However, I think it should be common because more and more learning opportunities are going to be able to happen online 
And if we don't have a space like this, just like we're using for our class, you go to our class site, you can, you can get everywhere. I mean, everything is hopefully linked from this site. The same thing is, is going to be true here um, for, for class sites. So we're going to do more thinking about this. We're going to see some other presentations about it. Um, and I'm going to give you more guidance specifically on what I would like you to have on your wiki. But I want you to know that there's the wiki spaces for teachers or for educators site. That means that it's ad-free, which is nice. And as a K-12 pre-service teacher, they're good about uh, saying, yeah, that's awesome. Go ahead and, and sign up. Um, and then you can go ahead and create that. And, and we'll talk about some, some other ways that we can make this fancier and do some other things with it. You might have any last questions that you'd like to ask. Okay, if you, bar if you had a camera, uh, please make sure you get that camera back to me and I'll help you to upload. Have a great Monday and Tuesday and we'll see you Wednesday.